I hope this thing doesn't uh, crash here in about 10 seconds. But uh, welcome back, everybody, to the boys. Episode 8, as uh, Russ let me know last week when we were trying to, to get this thing going. Um, a lot of great stuff to talk about. We, we were going to cover uh, last week's game, but now we're going to cover um, Nebraska. We're going to talk about you know, um, Purdue, um, you know, seven games into the season so far, we're going to talk about Wisconsin. Um, and we've got a special guest with us. Uh, we've got Dylan uh, with us and uh, super excited to get to hear about, you know, um, just his Purdue fandom, because we, as, as we all know, you know, there's not a casual Purdue fan out there. You're either die hard or you're just not. So he's got a pretty cool story to share, share some um, other cool things to talk about as well. Um, but as always, you know, you've got myself, Damon, the ultimate boiler. We've got Chris or five Oh ghost, Frank, the stat tank. And we've got, uh, Russ, uh, next to me as well. Not below me this time. You're right next to me. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll kind of, we'll kind of kick it off with, uh, talking about the Nebraska game. And so myself, um, Chris and Dylan were actually all at the game. Um, uh, Chris and I were together. Dylan was in, uh, his season ticket spots, but, um, yeah, what did you uh, guys think of the game? Dylan, we'll go ahead and start with you since you're the, the guest of honor. It, it uh, was a nail-biter for sure. Uh, too nerve-wracking for me. But uh, no, the environment was good. The beginning of the game, you know, rowdy as ever. Student section did a hell of a job as always. Um, yeah, just an absolute nail-biter. Real nerve-wracking. Um, Purdue tried everything they could to uh, not win. But <laughs> they pulled it off, so good for them. I'm happy. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think, Chris? Yeah, I think uh, so. I actually kind of went back and watched some of the video, and we played a lot more zone than we usually do. So I think that that kind of created a lot of like pass off mishaps between the cornerbacks and the safeties. So I would like it sucks, but I could see us like coming up to do less of that against Wisconsin, but that's for later in the show overall though it was a good atmosphere fun environment i think that i mean it was a primetime game in ross aid so it was kind of it was off the hook and it was a good time nice well i'll uh throw in something nobody say it was cold okay i was that it was and the people that were sitting around chris and i left in like the second quarter and so it got real cold after that my my my, my circle of warmth <laughs> left yeah um after i was that. sleepy yeah <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, it was a, it was a fun game. Like you said, Dylan, it was a, you know, Purdue tried to do everything it could to, to not win the game. But, um, you know, I will add to that, that I think you saw it in this game and we've seen it in a lot of games previously that this team is really gritty. Um, you know, it's not perfect, but they find a way to win. They find a way to, um, to get the job done. And it's a really, uh, fun thing to watch, whether it's going our way or not. <laughs> I mean, it's always an entertaining game. Um, and and you guys both talk about, you know, the atmosphere being great. I, you know, I, it was awesome to see Estella. I was a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie with uh, the atmosphere. I thought at times it was a little bit golf matchy. Um, I thought uh, I just, I, maybe I just put too many, too high of expectations, but I thought the crowd was a little quiet. Maybe that was just the North end zone. Um but, you know, I thought overall it was OK, but not what I expected, you know, 61,000 people to, to sound like for, um, uh, you know, a tie uh, first place tie in the Big Ten West. Um, but overall, it was good. I will. Um, no, you're good. Go ahead. I will say that where we sat for that game, I could not hear hear the loudness of the stadium like I could yeah. in the other section where I usually sit. And I don't know if. 
it just bounced off weird, but it definitely sounded different. But I haven't gone back and watched the full game on like I watched probably the first quarter and a half um, from TV and it sounded mm-hmm. really good. So I don't know if maybe it just just didn't bounce our way or just sounded different in where we were sitting. But yeah, I was going to say that's that's what I, I haven't heard anybody else say anything. I, everyone else has said the game was loud. The game was the atmosphere was awesome. So, yeah, it must have yeah. just been where where we were sitting and, and the the sound bouncing off of, of everything, though. But um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, Frank and Russ, you guys were um, uh, sitting at home watching it on TV. What did you guys think about the game from your from your view? I thought it sounded awesome. Um, and uh, to, to caveat that, uh, I did know someone there. Um, it was their first Purdue game. Um, and they, they said the atmosphere was crazy. Uh, so just kind of a third party uh, perspective. Cool. But um, yeah. Yeah. So I maybe it, it was I just our section good. or yeah. just the way it bounced off of everything. And I will yeah. say, I have been to games at Ross Aid where um, like, I can't even hear the band. So the acoustics yeah. are finicky there. And there were times when like, like I couldn't hear music or anything coming off the Jumbotron. Hmm. So there's, oh. I think some of it had to do with some of the wind. Cause I think the wind was going North to South. So I think maybe it was pushing some of that sound back away from us. So, yeah. Well, I can uh, imagine. Did any of y'all that were at the game notice any of the students leave early? Cause I think I saw a tweet or two talking about students leaving early. Oh, um, and it definitely sounded louder at the beginning of the game on TV. And then you saw some of those shots where it showed the top kind of 10% of the stands where it was kind of emptying out by, by the end of the game. So, you know, I, did, I think it definitely started strong, but um, it seemed like some people maybe left early. <laughs> like maybe thought we were about to start boat racing them or something. Yeah. yeah, I think whenever it was like 27-10 at the yeah. end of there, at the end of the second quarter, you kind of saw some people leave. And then definitely like halfway through the third um, as well, I think. Um, and then you really saw the rest of it kind of empty out. Not the rest of the student section, but just that top, you know, half of the um, the the stands kind of when Purdue went up by two scores again um, yeah. there at the end of the game. But yeah, overall, um, you know, it was a good time. Uh, but Russ, what do you think about the game? Uh, I'm working on my mic, so I'll come back to me. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, Frank, uh, I, f- I think you might have had something else to say, too. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Well, no, my my overall takeaway of, of the game as a whole is, um, you know, uh, from a crowd perspective, I feel like it's hard to kind of rally behind a team. And, like, you know, you score, you go up 14. One play later, you're, you're down seven or you're up seven. Um, you know, we just – our inability to contain uh, Palmer, number three, uh, was a little concerning, uh, but I really feel like um, they just did a really good job of exploiting uh, the tiniest little mistake. Um, yeah, I know. I know they showed the replay a few times of Cam Allen just kind of hesitating there for a split second, uh, dropping back into coverage, and that brief hesitation was enough for three yards, five yards of separation. Um, but they, uh, I like how from the atmosphere standpoint, how deflating was that to the to the crowd just to see those deep bombs over and over again to that guy. You know, I don't think it was, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it really changed. Um, And especially because like I was trying to tell some people like two weeks ago, we had a defense that was cutting off Minnesota and an offense that couldn't do anything. So I think it's just like, that's a sign of a good team. Like, when the offense isn't doing well, the defense picks up or when the defense isn't doing well, the offense picks up. So 
like it it was more like some of my friends on social media and stuff but i was definitely like like the these things happen you know like yeah. you just have games where one side of the ball isn't doing well it is what it yeah. is am i sounding any better is this any better uh you're still cutting out a little bit okay give me one second We'll roll. Uh, we'll roll with it. We'll uh, figure it out. But but yeah, I um I didn't think it changed in 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 the stadium too much, but definitely saw that on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, I, I always love uh, what's his name Anish. Uh, I think it's Ramaswamy. Is that how you mm-hmm. say his last name? From uh, the guy from Boiled Sports. He always has just like funny like dry satire when it comes to like Purdue, and he was just like, why can't it just be a normal game? <laughs> like, yeah. um, you know, and, and I think that's <laughs> something we were all feeling because it's like, man, all right, we're up by two scores. Let's go. Let's go. And then, you know, the, the uh, they kept inching away and inching away. But I will say kudos to, um, yeah, the team as a whole. Um, Nebraska got close, but they never tied it or, or – well, they did tie it at 10-10. But after that, you know, they never um, they never tied it again. It was uh, – we were always one step ahead. Um, throughout the rest found of the game, so what was that? We just found a way. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so um, one thing I'd like to one thing I'd like to look into um, maybe for next week is we seem to go into an offensive lull in third quarters, just purely by observation, um, and then we like kick it in gear in the fourth quarter again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that and see how much. I feel like that's that. been a thing since Tiller. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> At least since Hazel, it just it always has seemed like a third quarter thing. But, but I tell you what, though, watching that game, it was awesome seeing Maccabee just go off against just that team. It go was, bananas! I, and I, I remember think, I, I freaked out. I looked at Chris and I was like, "Did we just did we just do a sweep right there? Did we just did we just pitch the ball? What's happening? <laughs> you know what's happening right now?" Um, but it was awesome to see. And 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 I watched. I went back and watched some of his highlights, and he's just so. Like he's just a tough dude. Yeah, and I think the first play of the game kind of set the tone for him. Oh, it just yeah. his night because he, you know, they had that pitch out to the right side, you know, and he met that linebacker head Ooh. on and just ran right through. Even uh, the announcer were like, after oh. that, but you could hear the audible hit on TV. It was like, oh, like he came to play tonight, and he yeah. said in the post game interview, he said, I, I knew I was getting the start tonight, and I knew I had to show up. I'm like, yep, you did, man. Yeah, um, it was really nice to see a. You know, semi-healthy King Daru back on the field. He looked good, um, especially on that catch. You know, he caught that ball and he took off. So, um, uh, really excited to see what he'll do this week now that he's getting more healthy. Yeah. Um, if you guys can struggle through a couple comments here, <laughs> I'll go back yeah, to you sound good. the the, uh, the big play, um, you know, ability of Palmer. You know, it seems like some of the games I've been to, and it's more almost neutral site games that I've seen the back and forth. But when you have big big plays it doesn't seem to affect the crowd as much as if you have a long drive that we just can't stop anything they're doing you know when you get one big play it's like all right shake it off let's get back in the game you know but if it's if it's a long drive that seems to be how you really shut down a home crowd or like majority crowd is you know if you you know just control the ball control the game you know it slowly just takes the other team out of it but if you just score real big it's like okay they got the ball back let's get, let's get, let's answer it now um the fascinating thing was Nebraska only had the ball for 17 minutes in the game. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, yeah. Time of possession. Five minutes in the second crazy. half. Crazy. Yeah. So, and you pointed out the third quarter, and I wanted to make some notes of this even during the game because I do it come up. 
But the weird things about our, our third quarter drives, we had basically three third quarter drives. Um, the first one ended because Kobe Lewis got in the game. We gave him like two straight carries. Nothing really happened. We ended up with third and long. We couldn't pick it up. So it kind of like threw off our momentum why we went away from Maccabee, especially in the third quarter when you'd think you'd come out with the starters strong on the first drive. That didn't happen. Second drive was where we we drove down within field goal range and Finner missed the field goal. So then it's two drives with no points. And then third drive, we actually drove down and answered and scored a touchdown. You know, so I don't think our third quarter offense was as bad this last game. It was just comparatively, Nebraska was doing whatever they wanted in the third quarter on offense and made it a ball game again. We just didn't finish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, but on a on a positive note with defense, though, I thought um who was it? Was it Clyde Washington that had that first interception? I thought it was Kieran Douglas, but apparently it was Clyde Washington. Then he yeah. and he got up there for that one. Yeah, because um, he came in for. Uh, oh dang it! Was it Fakas Siecki? No, maybe. Uh, I think it was Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Well, uh, yeah, somebody. But the fact he just came in and just was like, "Well, mine." It was funny because I remember um, Chris and I were watching it, and I guess just from our angle, we could see uh, Washington just lined up perfectly with the quarterback. He was just like, "All right, I'm waiting." I'm waiting. I think I might have yelled, "That's a pick!" Yeah, because <laughs> you could just see it like line up like this. I was like, "Oh man!" Yeah. Well, and uh, I know I I know I told you guys while you're at the game, like you have no idea how impressive or an interception that Reese Taylor made. Hopefully you guys have gone back and seen that. Oh, that yeah. was a that was a circus yeah. catch. That was a very he yeah. he uh, he made it for some uh, some boo boos that game. Yes, yeah. yes he did. He's yes. yeah he made it. For yeah, some I'd, say, I'd say sixty to seventy percent of receivers wouldn't come up with that catch. No, right. I agree they completely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was an impressive catch. And then you know, I told you all the same thing about some of those throws O'Connell made in the fourth. I mean, oh yeah, like that just that they, they, uh, that little out route that he made to Charlie Jones. I think that last touchdown nuts. that was like nuts. he's got what you said a shoebox. Yeah, yeah. There's literally a shoebox size area that he had to put that ball in for to score that touchdown, and he did. And then yeah, that that third and eleven, I think it was, where he just dropped back, and they kept showing the camera angle where it's just like he threw he threw the ball to nothing. And then Jones just appears like with a guy right on his hip and just like grab. I mean, it was such a good throw. And he's got he's got guys running straight at him. Like yeah, well he has the like half second I, to get that. I ball just out. think about the play that I uh, I punched Damon's heart out of his chest. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot to talk about that. This is violent when you watch games next to him. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was the one pass where like Jones just sees it out of the side of his like face mask. He's like whoop. Where like three Nebraska dudes, I it was in the first half, I think. Yeah, yeah, he was I, like, I know, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. he, Where he's he just like, like turned and the ball is right at his face. Yeah, there, I was, yeah. dude, I that was one of the most mind-boggling passes I've ever seen. It was so funny because I he literally puts his hand on my shoulder, Chris does, and he like comes around and just like I did. it was like he was going for the death punch. He like had his open palm, and he was just like boom, and I was like, Hoop. I was like, oh, I just killed Damon. Uh, it was funny though. It's a good time. Dylan, yeah, but... what do you think about some stuff? Yeah, it was it was a rowdy. Well, so we go up by the two scores. Purdue goes up by two scores, and my wife is like, "It's over." Like Purdue won. I said, "No, no, no, no. Uh-huh. Little, you have no idea what we've been through." And my uncle, 
I go to games with my my two uncles, my dad's fraternity brothers from college, and uh, one of my uncles is like, "Listen, lady, you haven't, you don't, you have no idea. What <laughs> you need, you need to relax. Like, uh, it's her second season coming to games. She, poor poor lady doesn't know better. But you no, know, it was awesome. It was uh, it was like like I said, it was a nail nail biter, um, nerve wracking. Uh, but Purdue pulled it off, and that's something in the past Purdue is notorious for not doing was pulling off games and digging yeah. their heels in and, and getting it done. And Brahm and Aiden and, and Maccabee and so many others, uh, they all got it done. And so I liked that. Uh, that was good to see. And I, I think I made this point probably three weeks ago. I think that the the mental fortitude of this team is something we haven't seen in a Purdue team in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think Frank even mentioned in her group chat after the game something about fourth quarter team. Right. Yeah. Oh, Brom. Brom even said like we're a fourth quarter team. He said, uh, and you know, would we like to win by a lot of points and put people away? Sure, but that's not really who we are. And uh, you take it or leave it was kind of his message. Yeah. And uh, and my yeah. my thing is this: like, like these games right now in October set us up for a good thing in you know the first weekend of December if that's where we happen to be. Yeah, um, they actually showed a graphic going into the fourth quarter, and I didn't even know this because we look at a lot of stats from our past games, our upcoming opponents, etc. But we're actually second in the Big Ten in fourth quarter points scored. Oh wow, that's crazy! So yeah, but I, I must have missed that, but that kind of fits in with my theory that we catch fire in the fourth. It yep. seems to happen every game that like the third we go in a slump, but we make up for it in the fourth. Yeah, um, it's but like it's there's a row of kids in the front. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, there was a row of students in the student section, the first row, and they were shirtless, which how they did that. Well, booze probably, but uh, how they did that, I don't know. But they had like Purdue grit. And I'm like, yeah, this team's yeah. pretty gritty. That, that I saw that on well. TV. Yeah. Oh, that's but cool. Like, I didn't but like, that. it's definitely where, like, like, I feel like even in the third, we might not do a lot in terms of scoring points, but our defense keeps us in it. Oh, for you sure. know, and that's where I think it's. It's a big deal. We might not do a lot during that third quarter, but this game we don't is maybe lose an a lot. To that, but, it yeah. is so wild to see, though. Um, it's perplexing to watch. Like you know, I can't remember what quarter it was. Maybe it was the third or fourth. But um, you know, we had Nebraska pinned. Uh, they were on. No, they was a. They had a touchback. They're on their twenty-five, and then first play sack. It was like second and twenty-four, and then the third play I think was another sack, and then or no. The third play was an incomplete pass, and then the fourth play was another sack. So three and out, huge three and out. We're like, holy crap, this team's amazing. And then the next drive on defense, one pass to Palmer, 72-yard touchdown. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I put um, my brief cliff notes for the game was kind of three statements. Is every game will be close, our new slogan. Um, And then I put Trey Palmer's good, AOC is better. Agreed, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and and like to, to add to that, um, the unsung hero of this game was the offensive line. Like oh, they, yeah. they uh, didn't give up a single sack, um, and AOC wasn't pressured very much. It was yep. They're the unsung heroes of the game. Yep. I'm going to sure. say it definitely seems like that offensive line is starting to gel. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Rush, even with rush injury, blocking too. and pass blocking. Well, they yeah. have to. We're thinner now. The guys that are left now. They've got to make it work. Right. So, yeah. I mean, which is awesome that that's their response to be able to, to just gel like that. And, I mean, not only did they, they uh, you know, protected Aiden, but, I mean, they were making holes for, 
for uh, Mockaby, for King, for yeah. um, I know, could everybody was getting those around. Holes. Yeah. Some of um, those holes are pretty big. Those yeah. are friggin' huge. <laughs> so um, awesome stuff. You know, overall, I think we've got a lot of positives from Nebraska that we can take into Wisconsin. And by the way, we're 3-0 and out of this, you know, um, this road – stint this death um, month yeah this death month and we're just yeah. one game away from a bye so and people every- thought at best we'd be two and two in this month yeah so i mean um, kudos to the coaching staff to be able to yeah. um to you know evolve but russ what were you gonna say i was gonna say one last thing was my moment of the game and i play the game is and i would have liked to be in the atmosphere to start the fourth quarter but my play of the game is that first play of the fourth quarter you know we came out third and 12 from our own nine-yard line. Nebraska had just made it 34-30. So we're only up four points, and it's kind of like, like oh, man, are we going to give them the going to take the lead after we've seemingly dominated the rest of the game just like so many times this season? But instead, AOC hits Charlie Jones up the middle for 16 yards. And we go on to take five minutes off the clock. We don't get in the end zone. We take five minutes off the clock and get a field goal and make it a seven-point lead again. And to me, that was just another feather in the cap of how, how – our team is mentally and how mm-hmm. we can overcome adversity mm-hmm. like maybe no squad Brahms put together so far. So that, yeah. that, was, that was huge. When I, when we made that first time conversion that more so than, you know, Dylan talking about being up two scores at one point. When we made that conversion, I thought, okay, okay I think, I think we got this game. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie though. Whenever Finneran missed that um, field goal uh, to put us up 14, I was like, Oh no, this is an omen. <laughs> this is an omen. I well, think we all felt that. Nebraska's um, use of their timeouts. Uh, oh, that was, that was wild. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you called a timeout on fourth and one. We still converted. All right, cool. Glad that yeah. was a good time. Like, great. Yeah. Great, great well, time. And, and he timeout. burned two out. Didn't he burn the first two? He did two twice. In the, yeah. In the yeah. second or the third quarter? Yeah. Third or, quarter. Yeah. 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 Just crazy. Yeah. So they, they got the Nebraska win. fan like two rows behind us was like, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I, but, uh, yeah. I will say, and this will probably go without saying. Big Ten refs still need fix because there's a lot of a lot of bad uh, plays on both sides. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was watching that one, the one that everybody's been, you know, uh, screen. What we're like the... half our receivers get leveled. Yeah. Well, what's funny is when you watch that clip, you know, the um, Payne Durham runs into that guy, gets leveled, just falls down. But then, like that guy has like a delayed reaction. He's like, "Oh my God, pain train!" Uh, and he just like kind of collapses onto the ground. Um. Yeah, it was just funny. But yeah, that was a horrible no call uh anywhere on that play. But um so yeah, Nebraska, we're we're moving on from Nebraska. We're five yep. and two right now. Um tied for first in the Big Ten West against Illinois, um, as we all knew coming into the season, um, where we'd be. <clears throat> but um yeah, so um Dylan, with you being the guest, I've got a couple questions for you just because I think um, you know, uh, we want people to get to know you. Um Obviously, just looking at your background, that beats all of ours uh, tenfold. Um, you know, you're a big Purdue guy, uh, which is super cool. And, you know, we mentioned it earlier in the podcast that nobody's ever just like a, a common or, you know, um, you know, lukewarm Purdue fan. You're kind of all in. Um, so kind of tell everybody about, you know, how that started and, and uh, evolved. Yeah, so I'll start out I being born and raised in outside of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, it's a blessing. I'm a Purdue fan. Uh, I could easily become one of those Ohio State nerds real quick. But uh, luckily, my dad went to Purdue, uh, had season tickets since I was a kid. And so I, I've been 
oh god, when was my first Purdue football game? I was probably four or five, and so and I've been going to games since. Um, and so just being raised a Purdue guy, you know, going to school back in the day, wearing my Purdue jersey on Fridays, and all oh, the kids awesome. being like, "Why aren't you an Ohio State fan?" I'm like, "Cause I'm not." All right, but I deal with it. <laughs> but then like when we beat whenever we beat Ohio nerd. State, exactly, they're the worst. <laughs> I mean, I can say it. I live with these people. Uh, but, like, growing up, whenever we beat Iowa State in football or basketball, I'd show up that Monday to school just talking all sorts of mess, man. I love it. And those moments made it all of it, all the crap I took with it. But, yeah, so grew up going to football games. Uh, I try to go to a couple basketball games a year. Um, like I said, my fandom comes from my dad. Uh, I lost my dad last, last February after a lengthy cancer battle. Uh, so this first game back this year was very emotional, but luckily yeah. I've, I've had my wife with me at every game and now I've gotten her into it. And, uh, now she's a boiler diehard. She loves it, which, uh, awesome. which is, yeah, awesome. which is just awesome. I'm glad she bought, cause I didn't think she would, she was never really into sports when we first got together. And then I think I took to her to her first game like two, three years ago. And instantly she, well, she likes the band. She likes the pageantry of the cheerleaders. She loves that. Cool. But she also kind of watches the football. Right. Uh, but like, <laughs> she, she just loves, I think after the first game, I took her to, she was like, hey, let's go to the gift shop. And I'm like, oh God, this crap's expensive. But okay, we'll, <laughs> like, we'll, we'll get there. So like four shirts, two hoodies, and God knows what else after. She was, she was bought in. She's hooked. That's awesome. Yeah, she's hooked. So it's great to have her. Uh, like I said, grew up going to games with my dad um and then now you know since dad's passed i've kind of passed it down to my wife and then uh when we have kids i'm gonna take my i, I like i when dad passed away i like i said earlier i go to games with his two fraternity brothers who we've gone to game with games with my entire life and they said uh do you want to take over your dad's tickets so i was like oh yeah i don't care what the price is i don't care that's awesome what i'll have to do like give me his tickets because i yeah. cannot imagine not being at Purdue on Saturdays in the fall. I just can't, I yeah. just, it's in my schedule. I, I work, uh, luckily I, I'm in a family owned business so I can, you know, not make that one. work. But yeah. Tell, tell everybody like, Hey, Saturdays in the fall. You're not going to see me. Okay. I won't be <laughs> right. here. I will be over at Purdue or at home watching the game. Just, just go on without me. And they're, they're just, good with you that. Do so, you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, man, luckily, uh, raised a Purdue fan by my dad. Or else I'd, I'd be one of those stuck-up Ohio State people. But, uh, Nerd. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, it's all thanks to my dad. At the end of the day, it's all thanks to him. You know, went to Purdue, Delta Sigma Phi. Uh, you know, loved Purdue, fell in love since he went on campus the first time. Uh, growing up in Ohio, um, it's Ohio State or nothing. Uh, yeah. You'll see the occasional. Like, I, I'm about 30 minutes away from Miami of Ohio, so you'll see a few of those people, but it's rare because it's, it's the Mac. God love them, but uh, <laughs> action. Mac, I love, and don't get me wrong, I love some action. I mean, I will take Mac in every. Day. But uh, I, I try. I do go to one Miami game a year, and it, it's it, it's interesting. It's not you know the Big Ten environment, but yeah, yeah they still have a good time over there. Sure. So well, yeah, it's really all thanks to my dad that I'm I'm a Purdue guy. That's awesome, man. That's a an awesome story, and you know, um, super heartwarming to to hear about that and. You know, it's cool because I think we all probably relate to that story in one way or another of just, you know, being young and um, somebody taking us to our first game and just that yeah. feeling that we got. You know, I, I remember my game exactly. I don't remember. I think it was I started going the year after Breeze and um, 
I remember my first game. And the reason – the only thing I can even remember from the game is that we were playing Michigan State. We beat Michigan State. And I remember Rowdy, the mascot, was, like, on Michigan State's sideline just, Rest like, peace, just like terrorizing Mark D'Antoni the Going entire game. The whole yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rowdy um, just kind of waddling around. God, I loved Rowdy. Oh. I wish they'd bring him back. They sold the suit somewhere online I, I saw, like, a year or two ago. And I was like, if I would have saw it in time, I would have bought the damn thing. Oh, I know you would have. Yeah, you got. I would have walked to my seats in that thing. Yeah. So um, that's a really good, you know, segue into one of my other questions was, you know, you have a a ton of um, Purdue memorabilia, you know, swag, whatever you want to call it. Um, And and we've talked about this a little bit. You and I just, um, you know, here and there. uh, What? Because uh, I know you're on eBay a lot looking for stuff. Um, oh, yeah. So what what got you started in that? Do, have you just always liked looking for vintage stuff, or like what kind of kickstarted that for you? It's it's a twist of like vintage stuff, and I'm a big uniform you know nerd, I guess. Same. Uh, like boiler uniforms. Ted and I, uh, good friends, love that guy, and we talk about we could talk uniforms for days on end. I love but, that. Uh, so yeah, so I, I as a kid, I always wore like the team store jerseys whether it's basketball, football, whatever I could get my hands on, whatever my dad would buy because, you know, no kid has money. Right. Uh, and then when I got adult money, it turned into buying uh, like game <laughs> youth team issue. Like I got this Cliff Averill jersey behind me. That's a game worn. Uh, he's super awesome. Uh, I posted it. I think it was on Twitter, probably Twitter. And uh, he DM'd me and said, hey, you know, send it to this address. I'll sign it and I'll send it back. Oh, yeah. Cliff, Cliff, is, wow. yeah, Cliff is one of the cool dudes for sure. Um, I've got a Kyle Orton. I've got uh, a Kyle Orton Buffalo Bills because Bills Mafia is the best. Uh, and the go. sleeves on that thing are down to the elbows. I mean, that guy loved some long sleeves. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I built some mini helmets over the years. I've got a friend with a 3D printer, and he can do not only just the revolution speeds that you see in the, the team stores, but uh, the F7s, uh, oh, the wow. speed flexes. Yeah, so I got a bunch of those. Dylan, oh. you're now my new best friend. Uh, <laughs> It's it's new it's, permanent it's, member of the podcast, Dylan Kuhn, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like like I told you guys uh, before the show started, my wife calls my man cave uh, Cracker Barrel. So she's like, "There's so much, so much crap on the walls." I was like, first of all, it's not crap; it's all good stuff." Right. But, um, like Watch this one mouth. of my helmet builds, 2001 Rose Bowl build. Uh, I don't know where I bought the helmet from, but it, I just took all the original decals off of it. Uh, thank God for eBay. Um, I'm sure a lot of people watching have beat me to it on eBay deals, and for that, I hate all of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm definitely not saying I'm on eBay right now. But. <laughs> Damn <laughs> it. But, uh, but yeah, just and I have a bunch of my dad was a photographer, um, and has a bunch of photos that he took at his time in Purdue in the 70s, so I have That's a lot really of those cool. framed up. I have, uh, when my dad was going through cancer treatment, one of his friends made him a Purdue Pete hammer. And it oh, looks wow. like a legit Pete Hammer. It's up on my wall across the room. Uh, but wow. it's it's probably the coolest thing in my collection. Nice. Uh, and I got that. Dad handed that down to me. A lot of it is stuff I got from my dad. I have a Purdue Airport sign above me. He never told me how exactly he got it. But, uh, <laughs> but I have it. And, so, and it looks like he goes, well, some guys at the fraternity house stole it and put it in my room. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, yeah, you got it, Dad. Like, okay, it just happened to be in your room. Yeah, you got <laughs> Uh, just yeah, it's just, it in uh, <clears throat> collecting is just it's something i've always liked uh i may have too much but i need to buy a bigger house this is a big issue but uh 
one day it'll go go all into a a man cave and basement, which would be bigger than my one bedroom in my apartment right now. Uh, yeah. But you know, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's just all the things I love about Purdue in one room, and that's really what it what it's yep. about. Yeah, that's awesome. I love your sticker, by the way. There, the uh, Drew Brees, uh, Joe Tiller sticker you got yeah. right there. Oh yeah, uh, Ryan Dowd from Boiled Sports made that. Uh, I wow. bought it before either Tiller or Breeze's people ceased and desisted them. Or ceased oh, them. nice. So, like, I'm one of the few. I think he may have it back on the store. Don't tell anybody. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I got this, and he texted me right, out, right after. He goes, I think you're one of the few that actually got it to go through because shortly after I got hit with a no-no, like, you can't make this. You oh, stop wow. it. Uh, and this that's is a, 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 my wife made these. These are for my dad. It's TK. It's got the Delta Sigma Phi. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, nice. His, year, his birth awesome. year and his death uh, year. And she made a couple of those for us to wear at the first game. Nice. So uh, so that, that was that's one I got. And uh, Tiller, Tiller's my guy. My dad looked a lot like Joe Tiller. If we would go somewhere after games, people would do like a double take and be like, wait, wait. just <laughs> bald white guy with a gray mustache. And people <laughs> yeah. were like, Joe Tiller. <laughs> Not right. Right. Dude, that's awesome. I, I love it. I love the collection. I love uh, all the history behind it. it. It's so cool hearing you talk about it. Your just passion for Purdue athletics um, just shines through whenever you're telling these stories. And, and it's so cool to hear. Um, now, last time when we were trying to get this thing uh, up and running last week, you mentioned a really cool, quick story uh, about a Joe Gillum jersey that you um, had yeah. um, at one point. And uh, I think it'd be cool for everybody else, you know, anybody listening to, to hear that story, too. For sure. Uh, so Joe Joe Gilliam, Gillum, I think it's Gillum, uh, is a Purdue football alum. Uh, he passed away a number of years ago also from uh, after a lengthy cancer battle. Uh, mm. A great Purdue player. Gritty as all get out. Um, just really could dug it, dig his heels in on defense and get the job done. Uh, his good friend, uh, Ryan Russell, also a Purdue grad, uh, who was also an absolute beast on the field. Uh, mm-hmm. I reached out to him. I, I, well, I have one of Joe's jerseys, and I bought it five, six years ago, as well before he passed away. And so I, I didn't know what to really do with it. I wanted to make sure it was in the possession of somebody who meant a lot to Joe and, and vice versa. So I reached out to Ryan because I knew they were good friends. And I said, hey, man, like I have one of Joe's game-worn jerseys. I mean, it's this thing was beat all to hell just because he put it through hell, man. He was he was a rock star on the field. And so I uh, reached out to Ryan. Uh, Ryan sent me an address. He goes, yeah, man, if you can send it over. Super nice guy. We had a great conversation. Just one of, the, one of my favorite – uh, Purdue alums, not just for his play on the field, but uh, for who he is as a person. I think he's just yeah. one of the nicest guys you can come across. And you'll find that with, with a lot of Purdue alumni. Like I said, Cliff and Ryan, and there's a few others I could name that are I, one of my favorite things about Purdue athletes, current or present, is they're very approachable people. Yeah. Uh, their heads aren't too big. Whether you're talking about the players, or I've had great conversations with Painter at football games. Uh, I haven't been able to talk to uh, Brom yet, but you know, uh, but everyone is just down. <laughs> one day, one day, yeah, one day, one day. All of them are just down to earth guys. And that's another thing I love about Purdue and, and the community and, and the fan base and the alumni and all that. It's just, it's just an incredible group of people. So yeah, yeah but I actually sent out the uh, Joe Jersey to Ryan yesterday. And, oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited for him to get that. And I'm just glad that uh, the Jersey will be in the hands of, uh, somebody who you know Joe meant a lot to and, and, and meant a lot to Joe. Uh, they were best of friends from what I could tell. Yeah. And so uh, that's that's another thing about the collecting game is you meet a lot of great people just with you know 
buying, sending, you know, trading, whatever it may be. Uh, you meet a lot of really, really cool people. And I've, I've been lucky to meet um, not just great alumni, but great fans and people who love Purdue for what Purdue is. And to me, that's just uh, like, like we've said a bunch and it should be said a bunch. Uh, You're not just a Purdue fan to be a Purdue fan. Like you, you live and die by team, by, by these basketball, football, volleyball, soccer, whatever, baseball. Yeah. I mean, you're invested hundred percent. There's no half-assing when you're a Purdue fan, you're, you're right. all in or nothing. But yeah, so uh, really happy. I got to send that Jersey to Ryan and uh, excited for him to, to get it for sure. That's so cool, man. I love all those stories and just, and just hearing you talk about, um, you know, all of your Purdue experiences. I think it's uh, a really neat thing. And, Hopefully anybody listening, um, you know, uh, gets inspired to either start their own collection or maybe even go to their first Purdue game. Maybe they've just been a fan, haven't been able to go to a game. And um, I think hearing you talk about your experiences and how much going to Purdue meant to you is, is a really cool thing. So hopefully somebody, you know, latches onto that and, and experiences their first game because of it. Um, and this isn't real quick, like anybody, this isn't me, like they're not sponsored obviously or anything, but like Rail Splitters Authentics is the like tom shot who used to be uh um uh, what was he sid of football i think um he runs it now before he retired like you can get a ton of really good pieces of memorabilia through them so if you follow him on facebook like they've got a lot of really good pieces i've got two or three pieces from them so far and like charlie jones signed helmet and stuff from the uh bowl game and stuff it was really good Charlie yeah, the Jones Facebook helmet, group that's is quick. Yeah, dude, bro, all over here, bro. That's awesome. <laughs> but what'd you say it was called? Rail splitters. Rail splitters, authentic. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Awesome. Well, um, so yeah, uh, we've got Wisconsin coming up, though. Um, that's a a game that, on paper, um, and from a statistical standpoint, it looks like that we have the advantage. But as we all probably feel it in the pit of our stomachs, being who we are. As Purdue fans, this game is at Camp Randall, um, and we haven't won there in 18 years. Um, but I think it's time to break the curse. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So, uh, Frank, I'm sure you've got some cool statistics to pull up, and if not, I'm sorry for putting you on the spot there. Oh no, I've got it. I've, I've got a few. Oh, <laughs> Frank, a few things, a few things, a few things <laughs> I can drop about Wisconsin. Just a couple. Um, yeah. So one inch. So just kind of diving into what they like to do. Um, they like to run the ball. I think everyone knows that that hasn't really changed in about 50 years. Um, but what's interesting this year is usually when we play Wisconsin, they are uh, light years ahead of our running game. Um, let's see. PFF ranks us Purdue as the 48th best rushing offense in D1 right now. Really? What do we think? Well, yeah, actually, where do we think oh. Wisconsin's ranked? Rushing uh, defense or rushing offense? Rushing offense. I'm sorry. I, maybe I misspoke. I said we are we are the 48th rushing offense right now. I'm going to say they're somewhere around 90 to 100. Yeah, I'm going to say 80 to 100. Yeah. I was going to guess somewhere like 76th. I'm going to give you an exact number. They're 47th. We're 48th. Oh. They're 47th. The way and you were so, building that up, I thought they were going to yeah, be like. Yeah, no, no. So these. So <laughs> what's interesting is that our run games are comparable. Now. Uh, they average something like 170 yards per game to our 113. Uh, but what this takes into account is all factors. How well do you run the ball when you try to run the ball? They run the ball a lot more than we do. So that's why we uh, you're looking at things like uh, efficiencies, just like we do in basketball, matters a lot more. 
Uh, so you can say, well, they average 170 yards on the ground per game. We only average 113. Therefore, they're better at running. Well, they run the ball on 56% of their plays, and ours is a little bit under 40. So um, when we run, run the ball, we're just as efficient as they are in doing so. Um, kind of going into to, uh, their big kind of standout player, Braylon Allen. Uh, the guy is a monster uh, of a human being. 6'2", 235, like kind of bigger than your prototypical running back. Loves to run outside. Over 50% of his runs are to the right edge or the left edge. Uh, 334 of his 750 yards have come uh, on the outer edges. He doesn't run up the middle often, but when he does, he's averaging 13 and a half yards per carry. So not really sure what the uh, why what the play calling is going that way, but it definitely is. Um, only one fumble on the season as well. Um, Wisconsin does like to use him in the Wildcat from time to time, uh, so it's just something that we need to uh, to be prepared for. Kind of moving into their receiving. There's one guy we need to watch out for. Um, I'm probably going to mispronounce this name, but I believe it's uh, Chimiri DK. Uh, 6'5", 185. He's the home run guy. He runs a 4'4", 240. Um, he has 29 catches on 41 targets this season, two drops, 223 yards after the catch on 29 oh, wow. catches. Yeah. So he is the slot guy. He plays almost primarily in the slot. I think it was around 76% of his uh, snaps are in the slot. Um, only 81 yards per game, but the majority of those come after the catch. Um, his average depth of target is 11 yards. And <laughs> Graham Mertz, their quarterback, is elite when throwing deep. Um, outside of this guy, no one really stands out. I don't think they had another receiver averaging more than 60 yards per game. Um, I expect to see Corey Trice on this guy. Corey Trice has the size and he has the speed to keep up with him. And um, I, I think he's going to be the one to uh, to be to get the assignment on this guy. And I think we run a lot more man against Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, I, I have a, uh, yeah, a theory as to how to how to beat Wisconsin or how how we can best prepare for Wisconsin. And I'll get into that. All right, jump the gun. No, that's OK. Uh, <laughs> but let's see. I'm trying to see. So where? How often does Corey Trice line up in the slot? I don't so, know, Frank. You're the stat guy. 386 snaps. He's played 16 in the slot. Wow. So, but I don't, I, I don't know who else we have in the secondary who is has the size and speed to match up with this guy. Um, so he's basically a taller, a taller version of Palmer, who we saw torched us last week. Um, so we'll be really curious to see how that goes. So moving Towards into the quarterback. Last week, but without the offensive ability to be that explosive. No, no, he's that explosive. He, he's, yeah. he's probably the best receiver we've seen so far this year. The yeah. best individual receiver. But like yeah. overall offense, I don't think they're as explosive as anything Nebraska. we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Nebraska or Syracuse, Penn State, anything. Agreed. Uh, Agreed with that statement. They have two individuals, uh, three individuals, really. But as as a whole, they like outside of those three guys, there's a pretty steep drop off. Right. Um, Which leads me into Graham Mertz, the quarterback. uh, Respectable, 236 yards per game. He's had an up and down season. He's either on fire or he's terrible. Um, He is elite, elite when he has time to throw. Uh, 124 passer rating, 69% completion percentage. He has time to throw and he's comfortable in the pocket. He's good. When he's under pressure, 
he's terrible. Like he's absolutely th- his his completion percentage drops to forty seven. He's been sacked Jeez, fourteen oh, times. Twenty six percent pressure to sack percentage, meaning twenty six percent of the time that he's under pressure, he gets sacked. That's very high. As a quarterback, you want that number to be under ten, ideally. Yeah. Um, when he's under pressure, he has more interceptions than touchdowns, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that is a major part of our game plan this weekend. But let's take a look at his deep passing ability. He is elite on passes 20 plus yards. His passer rating 124 on passes that are 20 or more yards. 20% of his passes, that's one out of five, or beyond the 20 yard line. Seven touchdowns, one interception. So he he can connect wow. on the deep ball. Um, one major weakness of this Wisconsin offense is their pass blocking. And that's particularly on the interior. Um, their guards and their um, center, not great pass blockers. So I expect guys like Branson Dean, uh, Lawrence Johnson to really get after the quarterback. So that's kind of a snapshot of Wisconsin's offense. Um, Plus some of those like like middle linebacker blitzes and safety blitzes and stuff like that coming up through the middle. I Yeah, I would really like to see some of that. I'm a huge fan just as a whole of secondary blitzing. Um, yeah, I wish, I wish we could do more of it. Yep. Um, I mean, well, no, we, we saw the one play that gave up like 67 yards, not saying that Jamari Brown was held for like 46 yards on that play, yeah. but whatever. Um, yeah. Cam I mean, Allen to... looked like he was going to rip that Nebraska quarterback head off. Yeah. I, uh, I think we need to send Sanusi Kane up the middle more often yeah. too, because anyone who's not scared of that guy. Yeah. Sanusi Kane's going to get a hate crime before the end of the season. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's impressive. Pete. Uh, but uh, yeah, on uh, on defense, they love they love to get after the quarterback, and they're actually really good at getting after the quarterback just with their D line alone. Um, so they have eleven sacks, fifty three hurries on the season, and, and hurries matter. Like we know, like hurries matter. Uh, I would almost rather have twenty hurries in a game, you know, versus five sacks because you're you're forcing the quarterback out of the pocket. You're forcing him to make a throw that he may not make otherwise. Um, and they're able, 43% of their QB hurries have come without blitzing. So they're able to do it just with their D-line alone. Um, the flip side of that is their coverage has been pretty bad. They have really, really bad coverage. Of the six DBs who have That's played the most snaps. <laughs> of the six DBs who have played the most snaps for Wisconsin, five of them have a reception percentage over 60%, meaning they allow the guy they're covering to uh, catch the ball 60% of the time. Two of those five are above 70%. Chuck Sizzle season. Yeah. And when you couple that with the fact that their missed tackle percentages are pretty poor, um, one guy has 50% missed tackle percentage one-on-one, one with 40%, and three with 25%. Um, so it's pretty abysmal. So uh, they are not. They allow the guys to catch the ball, and then when they do catch the ball, they can't tackle them. Um, so this just sounds like a recipe for some <laughs> – uh, quick passes, some quick blitz beaters, get the ball into the playmaker's hands and let them do their thing. It's like um, a bubble screen screen fiasco. For nope, uh, nope, 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 nope. No bubble screens. Bubble screens are the devil, okay? I grew up watching bubble screen after bubble screen, and I'm tired of it. I'm <laughs> so sick of bubble screens. So they're uh, uh, God, I hate bubble screen. <laughs> Both, why not? Because they will. If there's enough bubble screens, they will. They will. Right. Play. And the the, uh, the leader of the defense uh, for Wisconsin is Nick Herbig. Uh, he's kind of a Leo edge rusher. Um, he's just kind of 
always heralded as the leader of the defense, kind of like we hear about Jalen Graham being being for us. Um, he has six hacks, six hacks, six sacks, 12 hurries on the season, 24 individual stops. He's been bitten by the tackling bug this season. About 25% of his solo tackles have been missed, um, which has actually been a problem that's played the entire Wisconsin defense. Um, and five players who have played more than 100 snaps have a missed tackle percentage of 30% or higher. Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, so – I don't know how many times we've seen King Doru this season and the limited amount of time we've seen him just be one tackle, like one missed tackle away from taking one to the house. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. So Chris, to segue into my prescription, what I would do, my game plan, if I were designing a game plan against Wisconsin, A would be run the ball. Um, Right. We've shown that we can run the ball against some pretty stout defenses. We did it. We did so against Minnesota. Um, and that will set up play action that will set up deep passes. Yeah. But if we can establish the run early, that opens up our playbook. Um, yeah. Second thing is going to start again for the second game. So. Agreed. Yeah. The second, second aspect is going to be to get the ball out quick uh, yep. with their ability to generate pressure uh, on the edges uh, really quickly, especially without blitzing. I would like to see some blitz beaters, some rubs, maybe without penalties. Pain yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm definitely yeah. so that so I actually look back or listen to the radio call for that play. That play developed slow. So that play, that ball was actually supposed to be thrown behind the line. So pain actually was it wasn't supposed to be a rub. Hello? Hello? Hello. I admire, I admire your passion, though. I really yeah. do. No, so the uh, so that play wasn't actually supposed to be a rub. It was supposed to be a a ball thrown behind the line and run up, but the defensive end I think got in the way, so the play developed slower than it was supposed to. Well, regardless, you can't you can't lay out a player like he did. I mean, right, that, but that's the on, second time this season he's been time, called for that. He can. Yeah, and and I actually didn't realize that's actually an emphasis um, for officiating this season. They're truly trying to cut down on that. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting that we've had it's two amazing that the officials can help with anything, but no. yeah, yeah. And I, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that <laughs> just alludes to that. But I, I definitely think that I definitely think we can run, and this is an NFL thing, but a lot of kind of how the Colts played against Jacksonville this last week, it was a lot of like really short, like five, six, eight, ten yard passes, and just kind of dink and dunk it down the field just to kind of neutralize that pass rush. And I, I, uh, I think that uh, forcing their receivers outside of their lead guy, which I expect to see Trison, and I'd like to see a cover one, uh, you know, a deep safety over the top to take away anything that could potentially happen <clears> with them. <throat> but I think, I think we challenge their own <clears throat> who haven't really stepped up very much this season um, to, to beat us one-on-one. Yeah. I mean, we make adjustments there if needed, but I think we, we focus on stopping the run and we play deep. Uh, we, we play one deep and go man uh, on the rest of the receivers. Um, and then obviously, as we, we talked about with uh, Graham Mertz's inability to handle pressure, um, we have to get some creative blitzes. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Hagen draw up like some, some stunts, some stings, some delayed blitzes. And I would love to see some secondary blitzes. I would love to see Sanusi Kane on a few like edge up the middle Love to see Cam Allen. He impressed me on that that blitz where he uh, honestly could have been flagged for a uh, roughing the passer call. Um, but I think if we can run the ball, 
if we can get the ball out quick, make them pay for their blitzing, uh, if we can contain their their stud receiver and maybe hold them to 80 yards or so, <laughs> and consistently get pre- get pressure on Graham Mertz, we have a really, really good shot at winning this game. I think the line right now is, what, two and a half? Um, yeah. So so Vegas knows it's going to be close. Um, but that's uh, that's my prescription for, for how we go about beating Wisconsin. I'll be curious to see how the um, the actual executed game plan matches that. <clears throat> Frank, I, I always love this part of the podcast. I love hearing you get into the numbers and everything because it's really cool, honestly. But, dude, I literally feel like I just heard the game plan for this game. Like, I, it was that – like, I feel like I just heard something that nobody else should hear. I feel like the <laughs> – like, this is, like, probably – Brown's like, son of a bitch. How? <laughs> like, that was awesome, dude. That was that was really cool. Um, yeah, no, that was awesome. That's yeah, I always love when way you... too many numbers than I could ever say or remember. Maps are. I'm an I'm a numbers guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's my alias on here. Yeah, but yeah, no. So, um, Chris, you said something about you know it being a, a a big game for for Charlie Jones, and and I don't know about that because he's pretty banged up still. He um, is. So I don't know how much they're gonna try to, um, you know, get him going if they can't get anybody else going. So I feel like they'll probably try to get you know Payne and. Um, everybody else going first, hopefully, uh, and then you yeah. know go to Chuck here every now and then would be great. But um, yeah, yeah, I think hopefully. banged up or not, that kid is a grinder. That kid is, is a fighter. Right. And I, I just want to make it, it to the finish I, line and get to yeah. bye week before we before anybody else gets hurt. Yeah, uh, I think that kid definitely like he knows what's up and he knows the the opportunity that's at hand to to stop a long losing streak and i think that i think he's fired up for it i think he's gonna be i think he's gonna do big um brahm says he's not they just haven't been practicing him monday through thursday like yes they're just trying to keep him healthy which is mind-boggling that he can go four days off and come out and drop 12 catches for like 134 yards and two touchdowns yeah agreed but whatever you know um sounds like we're gonna have a fully healthy king um and a a major major factor we're gonna talk about injuries for a second uh is uh oc brothers coming back uh it sounds like everything's looking good for him and that cryptic uh tweet by brock thompson today um oh, sounds like he might be coming back yeah. it was interesting because brahm said he re-injured himself <laughs> so I, I you know i uh brahm, brahm will never say someone's out for the season yeah. he'll just say they're a game time decision until the yeah. end of the season um tell but you, i tell you surprised what surprised to see brock coming back I love Brock's grit and his determination. He's more of a man than I'll ever be, especially after that Tennessee game with two like Agreed. you know broken legs basically, yeah, or knees. But man, I just hope I hope that he's thinking about himself first in this situation because I just don't want to see him like hurt his legs to the point of like this is like bad, bad or you know what I mean. Like I'm all for him coming back. I think that'd be awesome. I just want him to be like fully healthy because I know he looked pretty skittish in that Penn State game, and then he got one good tackle and he was just out um after that so i just hope that if he does come back soon that's awesome i'd be super pumped about it but i just want him to to be fully healthy and like you know good to go because that i just don't want him to to sustain any kind of injury that could you know put him out of doing anything for a long time hey he followed me on twitter the other day i was a big fan before that now i'm even bigger i mean huge fan why he follows me couldn't tell you i'm just a stooge on twitter that talks a lot of nonsense but i appreciate it (laughs) Sanusi Kane followed me when he committed. Like he committed nice. to Purdue, I followed him, and he followed me right back. So that's cool. Uh, and speaking of speaking of players, I think everyone knows. Um, you know, I'm a fan of Sanusi Kane. I love the guy. I love the way he it's plays. Um, you know, we're halfway we're halfway through the season. It's a little bit more than halfway through the season now, and 
Uh, I figure that's a good segue into, uh, you know, maybe who we think the offensive and defenses, defensive MVPs are. Um, so, Chris, why don't you lead us off in that category? Um, offensive, I'm definitely going to go with, uh, I feel like this is kind of an obvious one, but uh, Maccabi. Um, I definitely think that he has brought an aspect to the offensive game plan that we weren't really, uh, we really didn't have going into the season. Like running the ball was a luxury if we could do it leading into the season. And he's kind of last three weeks. I saw on Twitter. I want to say it was like 354 yards and three touchdowns in the last three weeks or something like that. Crazy. Um, Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Legs is crazy. Indeed. He said um, in the he, in the post game okay. presser that he has a uh, has several nicknames, one of which is Crazy Legs and Soap. Soap. That was the yeah. one that stuck with me. I'm like, no, it makes sense because I've described him as slippery all season. Yep. He is like, I don't. His ability to change direction is yeah. insane. Yeah, like, I, 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 I watch his runs. I'm like, how? That kid could how, be how, a how did you just do that? by the time he's a senior? Like, yeah. just obnoxious. And then uh, defensively, I don't know. There's so many I like. I like Allen. I like Trice. Probably Trice. Like Trice post knee brace has been post knee brace. Trice has been on another level. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, um, he really once has. He picked that knee brace to the side. He has been an all Big Ten, like first or second round type player. Like he's been a stud. So, well, and so I'll uh, uh, try. Trice is my <laughs> defensive MVP. And since we're on, since we're talking about him. I'll kind of go into uh, to why uh, missed tackling is, has plagued us all season. Uh, he has one missed tackle on the season. Um, he's been targeted 22 times, eight catches. Um, the most impressive thing about that is his yards after the catch. Collectively, total on the season, 21 yards after the catch. Oh. But that's like, <laughs> And then like when you look at the uh, quarter, quarterback passer rating against him, it's 28.8. Jeez, like, oh. But he's at six pass breakups and interception. Like he's a guy who, like you don't hear his name a lot, and that's because they're just not throwing to him. Um, so he it's like Karloft is last year. You just oh, yeah, think- exactly yeah. You didn't hear his name because he was getting triple team. But I yeah Minnesota. It was the first game where he didn't wear a knee brace, and they wanted to go after him. They wanted mm-hmm. to try to expose him. They didn't think he was a hundred percent, and they threw to him three times in the first quarter, and they didn't go back to him again. Goofy. And he broke up, uh, broke up all three of those passes. So, spoiler alert: Corey Trice, my defensive MVP. Um, but uh, we'll just we'll just continue on. Uh, Dylan, what do you think? Offensive and defensive MVP so far? Probably like AOC quarterback. I'm just such an AOC fan. Oh, for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think there's a way. Like, even if you're not a Purdue fan, I feel like you got to be like that AOC kid. You just love the story. Yeah, just a gritty kid. Just yeah. really knows how to put the nose to the grindstone and get it done. So AOC is like my offensive, you know, guru for sure. Uh, I think Jalen Graham had a really good game. Uh, really did. put the pressure on on um, on their on Nebraska's uh, quarterback. Had a hell of a game. Uh, and then my my out of the blue uh, MVP is Purdue Pete. Uh, as always, Pete has great, and I love the photo with him with the, I don't know what Nebraska's uh, mascot is. The corn yeah, I don't either. Uh, but he Clown. had a sign that says "Our corn is better." Uh, 
Yeah, that's amazing. Dude, I did not see that. That's great. It almost looks like a Renaissance photo. Like it's so, (laughs) it has like an artistic feel to it. And (laughs) the the Cornhuskers like, no. Oh, and Purdue Creative, man. Those guys. Those guys are awesome. Those are, that's another MVP. I'm throwing MVPs at every department, every (laughs) side of the ball. There you go. I love it. Purdue Creative, those guys are unbelievable. And I will shout their praises until the very end because they just, they kill every week. Uh, <clears throat> Russ, Damon. oh Damon, Russ, Damon, Damon. Damon. both of you at the same time. <laughs> I'm still here, guys. I'm still here. And go. <laughs> Russ, you got it, Russ. Russ. Oh, oh okay. Um, so I'm going to take the, one of the chalk picks too, since uh, Dylan already mentioned AOC. I mean, Charlie Jones, Chuck Sizzle, like who? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, we talked about him before the season. But, you know, we, we talked about who was going to be the leading receiver this year, and he wasn't even on legitimately on the radar. You know, we're no. talking about Sheffield, Thompson, Rice. And we said, okay, hey, this transfer guy should be, you know, he should be a contributor. You know, yeah. Rom said his name a few times before the season. But if you said he was going to break records that Rondale and, you know, David Bell set, you're, you're full of crap. Like, nobody yeah. said that. Nobody he thought he was going to be I didn't think he'd good. be a midseason All-American. He's, he's got double the yards, the receptions – and triple the touchdowns of the next guy on our team. Yeah. You know, like, so how, I mean, and not to mention, you know, you talked about winning and healthy and he's banged up him going to the tent once or twice a game is like status quo. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, exactly. you, you hear, you hear the announcers talking about he's banged up and then it's like Charlie Jones with the first down catch. Yeah. And it's like, what? 67 yards. Like, like holy oh, crap. Again. Oh, he's back with another yeah. big catch. You know, he's it's faster been- hurt than I am in a car. Like, yes. So, I mean, I don't know how, you know, yeah, there's been some great surprises and AOC has been steady, but to say, you know, it's not Charlie Jones. That's one of the biggest impacts compared to what you thought he was going to do before the season, even with Mockaby and what he's done, you know, it's our run game as a whole. that's kind of been great. Our offensive line as a whole, that's separate, but individual player, Charlie Jones, like, come on, man, <laughs> give me some Chuck sizzle. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Sorry, and what Frank, about I saw that picture you just sent, and I love it. Yeah, thought you like that. <laughs> Thank you. My new background. What about defense. Uh, defense for us? Oh, defensive. So I'll, I'll go with Cam Allen. You know, he's somebody I talked about before the season. That I liked the fact that he was coming in as a super senior, and uh, he's a former quarterback. He's got great vision. He's been steady back there. He, he hasn't made maybe as many of the big play moments. He finally got his pick six here, so he got that knocked out. Um, you know, but he's he's just been steady. He's been a good leader for us back there. You know, he's not. You know, we've got some guys banged up, obviously. Um, you know, Jalen Graham, Corey Trice, everyone. You know, yeah. yeah, all these guys have been kind of banged up, but he's been fairly steady and fairly consistent for us back there. So, you know, I think our defense looks a lot different if we don't have a kind of a field general, you know, smart-minded player that gets people in position back there the way he has this season. So. Cam Allen's my defensive. Not as passionate as Charlie Jones, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and uh, you know, I uh you you took the words out of my mouth for my offensive MVP. It's gotta be Charlie Jones. Um <clears throat> my favorite thing about Jones before he even started. Um, well, actually, no, I can't remember what game. What game was this after? I think it might have been after the Syracuse game. Somebody was talking to Brahm about Charlie Jones, and they go, you know. Um, it was really all Aiden that, that got him in here because, uh, you know, we knew he could return the ball, but we had we 
I mean, there really wasn't much tape on uh, him catching the ball, which was, I thought was hilarious. Yeah. I know it probably wasn't a dig at all. It was just like literally factually, there's not much yeah. tape on him catching the ball whatsoever. Well, um, he played at Iowa, so I mean, there's that. Yeah, um, but it was just it was just funny. Um, but yeah, Charlie Jones has just been incredible. Um, he's just so quick that uh, one of the touch or I think it was his first touchdown um saturday he just he caught that in a slant and then he just pivoted the other way and was just gone he just pivots and explodes so quickly um which reminds me a lot of uh rondale um so yeah uh, easily charlie jones i mean that's just been an incredible surprise and i love that you know we still have a pretty solid uh wide receiver room even without him and so um you know if if he is banged up if he is out for a few plays we've got sheffield we've got um, Rashawn Rice, uh, Payne Durham, which surprisingly still hasn't, I mean, he's been used, um, you know, enough, but I, I would love to see him get, get in there more in the rotation. He hasn't um, been the Payne Durham we're used to for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then defense, um, you know, uh, gotta go with, um, uh, Sinusi Kane. Um, I think he's just everywhere all the time. Um, he's super, he, I mean, he hits hard. He's super powerful. Um, but I always feel like he's the guy that if a tackle gets missed, he's the he's always the one wrapping it up um, for somebody if they miss that tackle. So, um, you know, no matter where he's at on the field, he's always charging after the ball. Um, and so I think he's just been a great ignition into this defense. I think that he has, um, you know, really helped create, um, you know, Chris, like you were talking about earlier this year, uh, the Legion of Boom uh, for Purdue yep. in the secondary. Uh, I think he's been a huge part of, of uh, creating that. And so – Last week um, was the exception that proved the rule. <laughs> well, he's his Sanusi Kane is, is is an interesting player in that his his value is mostly in run stopping. So he is he is according to PFF he is our best run stopper, and it's not even close. That makes like, sense. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, maybe so just like Fitz is playing so. Yeah. Huh? I said Damon just like saying it's got to be Kane. <laughs> yeah, dude, I it's love I love, I love some, me some WWE from the 90s. And so every time Sanusi Kane does something, I'm like, it's got to be Kane. So what yeah. you're saying is that in like the next game you come up, you have to have that black and gold Kane mask. Dude, so I I, I have the mask. I ordered it and uh, I spray painted it black and gold. And it's in the garage. Uh, I spray painted it today, actually. It's in the garage drying or else I'd go and grab it. And, and you've already got guys. the belt. Yeah, I'm excited. To... You've already got the belt. Too, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got the belt too, so I'm uh, it's, I'm ready to go. Um, but if uh, we're giving just other shout outs too, I like that idea. I love that idea. Uh, I'm going to give a, a, a fan shout out. Um, number one fan for me this entire year has been James Knows Ball. If you're listening, James, uh, your meme game is on another level that is untouchable. Um, you and the, the group of guys that you run around with, are, it's just hilarious. Anytime we beat a team, you just go to their final score post, and it's just meme after meme after meme after meme. And it's the I've greatest. literally been in tears. I genuinely hope he's listening and knows that. That would have been in tears. Yeah. So, real, real quick on my, uh, on my offensive MVP, uh, I'll, I'll be brief on this. Um, Got to give a, a shout-out to Spencer Holstage. Um, he's the played three innings. He's been 316 uh, – uh, snaps blocking the pass this year. He's allowed six hurries, zero sacks. Jeez. Um, AOC is not making throws uh, without that guy. Uh, yeah. Gar- Gus Hardwick's close second, but uh, he has given up uh, one hit and one extra QB hurry. So I had to go with Spencer Holstage. So shout yeah. out, Spencer. Great job. Appreciate yeah. it. I know you're listening. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, cool. So, um, 
Well, I guess we'll go ahead and... Uh, yeah, I don't even know where we're at right now. Let's um, see. Um, you know, I have a couple other questions on here, but we're kind of running over time. So mm-hmm. I'll just throw in one more. Uh, the last one. So we're sitting at 5-2 and two right now, <clears throat> um, which is awesome. We're one game away from bowl eligibility. Um, I hope I didn't curse this by saying that. Um, Thanks. <laughs> and uh, so how do you guys genuinely, um, logically, how do you feel the se- how do you f- How do you see the season ending? And then we'll go well, game predictions. Yeah, I'll 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 start that. Um, <laughs> I definitely think we will make a bowl game uh, yeah. for sure. Um, I think we will win at least one game uh, from here out. Um, but I think I think the theme is going to continue, and that every game is going to be a grind, um, no matter who Ooh, we're playing. My doctor right? loves hearing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I even I even think IU is going to be a grind. Honestly. Stop it. Um, but the thing is, is that I don't think we are who we are right now without the loss to Penn State, without the loss to Syracuse. Thousand because percent. Aiden O'Connell said it in his postgame presser that, like, okay, it's another fourth quarter, like, nail biter. We've been here before and we've pulled it out. Yep. And I think I think that they've learned that you got to play mistake free in those situations. And, and we, you know, we saw a lot of them against Penn State and more than I want to admit against Syracuse. Um, but I, I think that uh, that they understand that you have to execute in those scenarios. Um, uh, that being said, I realistically, I realistically uh, see another nine-win season out of this. Before the bowl? Before the bowl, correct. Yep. Yeah. 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 Do you think that's why uh, Finneran missed that last uh, PAT to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to – to give some juice to the defense. Make a little you know, nervous. Yeah. 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 yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was yeah. intentional. Yeah. I definitely, yeah. so definitely I could see anywhere between eight and ten wins. We could win out the rest of the way. I wouldn't be surprised. We could drop two. We could drop one. But um, I definitely think we go positive the last five games of the year. Um, get to eight to ten wins and – and be solid, but my heart says we definitely get ten wins. My brain says nine. Yeah, well, no, I, I think Indy's a very real possibility. It, it is a very real possibility, and the old, that 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 the answer to that question lies in who's going to beat Illinois, whether it's us, yep. us. But uh, I hate to break it to to everyone who has been dissing on Illinois. Uh, they are a very good team. Defensively. Um, all the analytics, all the metrics uh, have them have them as a, a top 15 ranked team right now. Um, they're a very good team, whether we want to admit it or not. And I know it's difficult because we're not used to Illinois being good. Um, outside of their loss to IU, they've been they've been pretty good. Um, Iowa's going to be a grind, too. That's also going to be a tough one. Yeah. But yeah. that's also home, so I'm not too worried about that one. Yeah. Uh, so Dylan, how do you how do you see the season playing out from this point? You know, I'm not I'm never a big prediction guy on Twitter. Before every season, I say Purdue will go undefeated, and then they'll go to the national championship, and then we'll win the whole damn thing. I like, so, like but that's not going to happen. I love it. Uh, I will Purdue will definitely make a bowl game, absolutely. And if it's the Music City Bowl again, I will riot in the streets. Yes. Uh, I was at the game last year, and it was awesome. Love Nashville, but good God, we've been there two times in the last. Was it four years, three years? Yeah, yeah, three. So like, I'm over it. So I'm over the Music City Bowl. So any other bowl, any part of the country, I can see that isn't national. I saw Citrus Bowl today against LSU. Dude, I give me LSU. Give me that their head coach. 
was going to be a little mean. I'll be nice. They're, yeah. they're, they're, <laughs> but yeah, to give me LSU for sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Show, uh, show Ricky Collins that he made a mistake. You guys, oh, yeah. you guys here, we're all like saying and agreeing with out loud. We just said, give us LSU. And we we're like, yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's totally. like a huge, like, crazy uh, compared to that 2012 picture I posted in the group chat the other day. Yeah, he posted a picture from a game against Wisconsin, um, and there was like four people in the stands. Yeah, and it was game time. Yeah, it was like kickoff. That was, yeah, it was a lot of leg room in those days. That was I missed that. Oh yeah, because the lady that sits behind me, God love her, older and all get out, but she has to sit with her knees straight, and I use her. At the end, I'm a big boy, like I'm not small, (laughs) and I need all the room I can get. And so, listen, lady, I will use your knees as a, if you're watching. I will use your knees as as a backrest all game long. Don't <laughs> listen. Don't threaten me. I will. I will win this battle. That's great. <clears throat> Russ, what are you thinking? Yeah. So, um, you know, I I feel like you know, similar to you, Chris. I I see. I don't see how we go worse than three and two in the last five. Right. You know, that, I feel like that's kind of worst case scenario, and it's definitely kind of the next three, you know, at Wisconsin, home against Iowa, at Illinois. You know, if we can pull off one of those road wins and hold serve against Iowa, I don't see how we don't end up in Indy. You know, I just – I don't see how that – even if even if we beat Wisconsin, beat Iowa, lose at Illinois, I feel like Illinois is not going to win out. Yeah. You know? Illinois then, still has to – Illinois still has to play Michigan. Yes. Yeah. So, Illinois has um, – I just had their schedule pulled up too. Take note. All right. So, they've still got Michigan – um and what am I listening here? Yeah, Mich- yeah, Michigan's a big game. Michigan's a big yeah. game. This not left. Michigan, so. us, Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, I think. Uh no, they were they they played Wisconsin. Beat Wisconsin. They, they beat, got they beat uh, Iowa too. At Nebraska this weekend, um, and then or not this weekend, next weekend, and yeah. then home against Michigan State. Then us at oh, Michigan. Michigan they closed out against uh, Northwestern at Northwestern. So. But um, but yeah, I, you know, I see us, you know, anywhere from three to two to four and one, last five games. And what I would love to see, you said Citrus Bowl, but don't give us LSU. Give us Tennessee again. You know, let oh, us, no. let us no. prove. Let no. us prove. Well, well, I mean, we won't see Tennessee because they're going to be a cl- college football playoff team. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Not, yeah. I, I don't know about that. They've still got a lot of work left to do. They've still got a lot of work left to do. But. Um, I would, I would love at least Citrus Bowl against an SEC team for sure. You know, if it's yeah. not, if it's not Tennessee, hey, what, what do we keep joking about and say? Give us Bama. <laughs> give, well, us, give us, Bama. give us, uh, give us like Ole Miss. You yeah, know? yeah. Ole Somebody Miss, Arkansas, like Miss. Yeah. Uh, you know, Texas, Texas Tech, Tech. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. I would be cool with an Oregon. Or or somebody like a Pac-12 we'll team. In the conference soon. We don't need Oregon right now. Oklahoma, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> Texas. I think Ball State's Oklahoma. having a pretty good year, aren't they? Speaking yeah. <laughs> yeah. of Texas, uh, their new drum is stupid. There, I said it. Yeah, nerds. Yeah, yeah Purdue has the yeah. real drum because we've kept the same damn one all these years. Yeah, Don't give me your new, yeah. your new. Talk show. about little brother syndrome, jeez. Right. Yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damon, what you got? Yeah. yeah so heard from you, Damon. Um. So I'm. You know, I think a lot is. For me, on my prediction is based off of this next game. Um, if we win this next game, I think Purdue goes ten and two um, for the rest of the year. I really do. We've got the bye week after that. People can just, you know, uh, I mean, healthy. Charlie Jones hasn't been practicing, but he can continue to not practice and yeah. get healthy. And but yeah, everybody can get healthy. You know, take a breather. Um, 
Yeah, if we win yeah. next week's game, I'm if we win if we beat beat Wisconsin, I'm going to be very nervous. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I think Iowa. I think if we can score early and and quickly, I think we could. Uh, you know, I'm just put I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. Okay. I think if <laughs> I think if we if we get I think if we can get out ahead early against Iowa, um, you know, I think that it could be. Um, I'm not going to say a blowout, but you know, maybe a 27 to 10. Like uh, last year's game, type victory. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, the so Iowa game is the first to ten wins. My my heart is my heart <laughs> is saying ten seven. and two, and we're we're meeting uh, somebody in in uh, Indy. Um, but logically, uh, I'm gonna say we finish the season uh, four and one, and um, you know, so we finish nine and three. Um, but still, nine and three, I think, gets us to Indy, depending on what Illinois does. Yeah, yeah, that's all. If Illinois poops the bed against Northwestern last week of the season, like we could have a, you know, it's just that's the crazy thing is is us in Illinois. Northwestern beat Nebraska. Do what? I just didn't Northwestern beat Nebraska. Uh, no, Nebraska. No, yeah, 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 yeah. They beat Nebraska. Yeah, 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 in Dublin. So it's um, just, it's crazy. Like it's and. You know, uh, again, uh, it hasn't been a factor yet, so I haven't said it. But um, depending on if it snows when you guys are up at I, or at Wisconsin, or if it's, oh, it's, it's, it's supposed to be like seventy degrees. degrees. Oh, really? it's supposed oh, to be 70. that's right. You said oh, that today. Beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah. But so um, that's that's a major. The weather bug hasn't came came us. after us yet this year. Stop. Kind of, yeah. Wow, David just messed with all the mojo, man. Just, so, uh, no, we so we we were literally at, we were at the game and and. Uh, uh, we we were at the game and Chris went to go to the bathroom. He came back and I just scooted over. I was like, "Oh my god!" And he sat down. And I go, "Oh no!" He looks at me and I go, "I think I just ruined the entire mojo of the whole stadium." I'm like, "I think yep. I just threw everything off. We got to switch back." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so uh, I mean, what a year it's been already, though. Uh, yep. No matter how the season ends, um, it's been an incredible year. Um, I think I saw the stat today. You know, we were 14 and six in our last 20 games, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, you like know, we're trending in the right in the last 16 conference games or whatever. Yeah. So we're trending in the right direction. Hopefully that continues that way. Um, whether these games are going to be heart stoppers or Purdue gets it all together and we just blow these teams out. Um, I don't want to. I'm nervous. But uh, yeah, cool. Well, uh, Dylan, thank you so much for being yeah, on Dylan, today, man. It was, it was awesome hearing your your stories, your your passion for Purdue athletics and and everything in between, man, it is really cool to, to hear all your takes and everything. We loved having you on here and um, everybody listening at home or, or watching on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you guys as well. Um, boiler up, hammer down and beat Wisconsin. So beat Wisconsin. Let's get the dub. Boiler up, hammer down. Boiler up. Boiler up. <coughs> all right.